Hello and welcome back to another edition of Friends of the Vine Wine Podcast. Glad you made it back from the hiatus. I apologize for the delay between episodes, but we are back. I know it's been a while. Work and all the other things we have in our lives that uh, take us away from the fun stuff. But we are back, episode six, with Rajat Parr. This is an interview I've wanted to do for a while. There's a few interviews that, for me, it's like a bucket list of people I want to talk to. And I've got a few lined up over the next few episodes that I'm really hoping to be able to get completed. So I'm not going to... I really want to mention all the different people I'm chasing right now, but I, I think it's uh, it's important to, for one thing, to surprise people, but another uh, is to, in case it doesn't, it doesn't pan out, uh, not to get my hopes up too much. But these are people that, for me, are an influence. They would be a, a great source of knowledge and, and info and, and fun, uh, fun, uh, fun information for all my listeners trying to hit with, the, with this podcast. And for me, it's kind of a, it's a lot of different things. For me, it's people I really want to talk to, really want to have a chat with. And I don't consider these interviews. I don't consider these, it's a, it's a fun chat people I've I'm I'm influenced by and interested in and 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 want to want to uh, have have these recordings with with all these things in mind let's get right into this episode he is a sommelier he's an author he is a winemaker he runs several wine labels what am I missing <laughs> he pretty much does it all he also is recently going to be uh, putting out a book in the fall in October. He had another book that came out a few years ago as well. It was called The Secrets of Sommeliers. We kind of touch on that a little bit in the interview. We touch on some of his wine labels. So he's a winemaker. He uh, he was featured in the first two Psalm films as well. And I talked to him about Psalm 3 that's coming out, uh, his involvement with that. And his new book, his new book is called the sommelier's atlas of taste to me it looks like an absolute fascinating book could be you kind of consider it like a coffee table book but it's going to be full of so much information it's basically going to describe all the different wines of europe region by region what uh, how they should taste how what you should be expecting out of these wines aspiring sommeliers you know wine aficionados wine enthusiasts uh, anyone looking to improve blind tasting skills for wine, just wanting to know what they should expect out of a wine, it's all in that book. Uh, should be great. So we touched on that in the interview. And he is the wine director of a Michael Mina group. So he is a, a, a great uh, base of knowledge. And his specific uh, region that he is a big fan of, or the biggest fan of, is Burgundy, which for me is my favorite region as well and that will be our word that we need for the giveaway the word will be burgundy so for those of you who are listening in wanting to take part in the wine giveaway that i have the contest word will be burgundy the email address that you need to send that word to along with your information friends of the vine podcast at gmail.com what I need you to do is send me that word and your name. If you get drawn, I will get your information and I will be sending you 
uh, as depicted in the photos I sent, I put up on Instagram, I will be sending you a lovely burgundy wine from Bonn. And it is, uh, I have a few others in my cellar and it's absolutely delicious. And that will be also on the Instagram page. So you can look at it there as well. You'll see the address. Anyway, with all that in mind, let's uh, let's get into right into the interview with Rajat. We start the interview because he was running a little late with him buying a new car. <laughs> it took it took longer than I thought, but anyway. So you went to service your car, and you ended up buying a new car. That's uh, <laughs> that's classic. I, you know, you know how these salespeople are. I was looking at these cars. I'm like, yeah, I need to get an all-wheel drive, and they're like, okay, this is a you know, here's the best deal, and then. I said, no, I don't want it. Then they give me another deal, no, I don't want it. Then give, and then like, then give me another, like a really good deal. I'm like, I'm like, okay, that sounds good. My my wife's the same way. She always says, well, let's just go for a test drive. And that never happens. You end up buying it. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I was definitely not going to buy a car now, but oh, well. I traded one in, got the other one. Same, it's all good. And then they can literally do the paperwork and give you the, the give you the license plate. And you literally walk out with everything. Oh yeah, no, no, I was like, this all happened so quickly. I was like, what the hell's going on here? So, so, so where do you live? Uh, I'm up in Vancouver. Vancouver, okay. Have you done Have you done much of the Okanagan at all, or no? I have never done the Okanagan actually. It's similar to Washington and and um, lots of like Merlot and Syrah and Pinot and. Chardonnay and all, all the all the same kind of West Coast stuff. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty similar to Washington State. Same geography, same weather, same you know what I mean. Very similar in um you know in landscape. Yeah. Brian and I had a good chat a few months ago, and uh, he kind of he kind of went through his his story a little bit and his how he kind of got into wine and stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. it was pretty intriguing. For sure. I want to be a chef. I want to first a hotel school, then I went to culinary school, and then in up in New York, upstate New York, in Hyde Park, uh, the Culinary Institute of America. And I tasted wine. I'm like, wow, I want to study about wine. And that's how I kind of then I'm, I say I got to go work in a restaurant which has a good wine list. I worked. I started working at Rubicon in San Francisco. Yeah, just started working under Larry Stone and just tasting and reading and traveling. Yeah. That's how it all happened. How did your love of, of Burgundy, like how did that kind of start? When I went to work at Rubicon, the wine list was, you know, focused on mostly American wines, but they had a really amazing Burgundy and Bordeaux and Rhone list, but mostly Burgundy and Rhone. And I just tasted, you know, some bunch of old DRCs and old Jaillet, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. This is. And, you know, I was lucky to drink a lot of Jaya and DRC between 97 and 99. I was like, this is the great, this is the place. And I went to Burgundy for the first time. Uh, even before I was training with someone, I went to Burgundy on my, my mistake. It just, it just happened that way. Some people, like Brian, Brian mentioned about having kind of small epiphanies along his route of, of passion. You know what I mean? Was that, like, for you, like... Every time you taste something new or something that you that you really enjoyed, it was kind of like a small epiphany moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, my epiphany was just one wine, uh, and I have epiphanies all the time. But the, that specific wine, that epiphany wine, was um, '86 uh, Ravenel Leclos, 
and this was in December of 96. And I was still 10 year old wine, and I just couldn't believe the, the intensity, the complexity, the vibrancy. And so that's how, that was my epiphany wine uh, back then. And I was like, wow, I want to learn all there is about Burgundy. And it started right there. I had the pleasure of, of going to Burgundy in like 2011 and went through like Merceau and like like Bonn and Pomard and all that kind of area. And that for me was like, I went to Chateau Merceau in, in Bonn there and that for me was like drinking drinking good Burgundy. For me, that was kind of woke me up, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that stuff gets you. Uh, yeah, you can't stop once you. Uh, unfortunately, now it's tough to drink because it's so expensive. But uh, yeah, it used to be a normal wine, everyday wine, and now it's not. So there you have it. Do you do you think? Because I know Beaujolais is kind of Beaujolais now. You know, it's still it's still inexpensive enough to. Do you think that'll be the next kind of? A wine that becomes one that'll be a little bit harder to to get or be more expensive. I'm not sure if it will because Beaujolais is, uh, you know, the most of them are much more. It's you know, it's a, it's a vin de soif. It's much more you know it's to drink fresh and early. It's interesting that Beaujolais was actually the same like Moulin was the same price as. Uh, uh, Chambertin in the 20s. Mm. So uh, they were, you know, the, even the old wine list, you know, Beaujolais was maybe, you know, half the price of Grand Cru Burgundy, and now it's like a hundredth of the price of Grand Cru Burgundy. So. And I, I, I know what you're saying, because obviously it's, it's meant to be drunk younger, so it won't have that sitting around value like like uh, Burgundy's would. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's just fresher, easier drinking. You know, it's not... I'm not saying all of them are not, but it's not as serious a wine. It doesn't have the same aging potential. Not Some of them do, but not all of them. And they're just meant to be consumed, and yeah. So. Yeah, they're they're lovely wines for sure. How did your time back on the floor go? I, I, you were you went back a couple of days ago. Yeah, it was good. You know, was, uh, so I've been working with Michael Mina since 2002. So he had he changed the menu in, at the flagship restaurant. Uh, so I just went for for two days to kind of see what the new changes are and taste the new food and yeah, that kind of stuff. It was great, really good. I was gonna say must must have been a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it was really great. The other thing I wanted to talk about, obviously, you got the you got the book coming up down in October. I think it is you're releasing it. Yeah, October twenty third. Yeah. Nice. And that's how many years has has that been kind of in in production or in the works? You know what I mean? I guess between research and anything else, like five plus years. Your first book was amazing, by the way. I should I should mention. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, that was that was that was easier and and it was easy and fun. This one was a lot of work. This one was this one was some of the most exhausting things we've ever done in our lives. It's, it seems it seems like you go into a lot of technical details of yeah yeah that too. But it's just just the travel. We went to every 
significant vineyard in Europe. Fun but exhausting, I guess, at the same time. Yeah, no, it's great. It was great, great experience, and but it's like a book you write once in your life and you're done. At least you can kind of say, "I've been there. I've been there. I've been everywhere." I, you know what I mean? I know. I've I've been to all the regions. I can I can talk from firsthand experience. I've been to them all. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's always another place to go. You know. You know for sure. The other question I had was I was just reading that article about terroirs and stuff with uh, Genesis Robinson. Oh yeah, that's that's an interesting article because, like I was saying about BC wine, we kind of have the same we have the same problem that you could say like Washington and Oregon and stuff have with Appalachians or lack of Appalachians and lack of you know lack of direction in that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, it's, it's for every, for most uh, newer regions, it's not easy. For like for us, they've kind of, they've kind of had geographical indicators. So like you have major regions, and there's kind of specific things you have to have in, in to be considered like to have like there's like a stamp of approval we have up here called the VQA, and it's it's yeah. you have to have certain things. I don't know if you're familiar with that that term or not. Yeah. 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 So you have to have certain certain specifics to to get that stamp of approval, and now they're kind of trying to do the sub appellations a little bit uh, and trying to be specific to the specific region, but it's still like a long ways away. It seems to me. Yeah. Well, and it's and I guess it's it's not like you want specific regions to only grow certain grapes. You want specific regions to be you you want that you want that on the label. You want to know. This is from the exact region because this region is completely different than another region. Correct. Like you said, it's just a, it's just time, right? Especially for New World, it's just getting, uh, giving them time to sort it all out. Exactly. Time, practice, and then uh, yeah, it's yeah, that's key. Time. I know you're working on a lot of wine labels right now as well. Like you're working with Whitcraft and you're working with a couple different guys. No, no, I don't work with Whitcraft. I just, I was just, uh, he's a friend of mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, I, I make my own wine. Yeah, just planting some new vineyards and uh, just uh, starting a little wine club and that kind of stuff, you know. You're so well-respected and so well-known in so many different areas. You can't put a label on all the experience that you have, you know what I mean? Like, you can't you can't say, well, you're a sommelier, you're a author, you've got wine labels. You kind of spread yourself around and help out everybody, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah, because in this phase of my life, I know, when I was somewhere, I was always in restaurants, working the floor. I worked the floor for 18 years. And now, and now I, you know, make wine. I focus on my wine, focus on the vineyards. That's pretty much mostly what I do, you know, even though I do consult for work for the restaurants, but that's all my free time. Mostly I'm at the winery and the vineyard doing stuff. So, yeah, that's definitely focus. The book is done, so no more, no more, none of that, no more trips. I mean, I, I still take trips. You don't have to work on them. Yeah. You can actually enjoy yourself for once. Exactly. You know how you did that that blind tasting that um, Brian videoed with the Chenin Blanc? Yeah. I've always had a question about blind tastings because on a master psalm exam or any, any of the psalm exams, do you have to have a traditional wine like a, a traditional wine from a traditional area if you have a classic like a classic wine is it harder when it's not necessarily a classic wine like 
if you're if it's a Sauvignon Blanc that's not from like New Zealand or you know what I mean like to to, to not or a Pinot that's not from Burgundy it's the it's the Pinots or something from other areas that to me would be the yeah I don't believe in that I don't believe in believe in wine blind tasting if it's not classic now if it's a variety variety is classic that's all you need you know and then and then the rest can be like if a Pinot Noir from Oregon or California tastes like Burgundy nothing wrong with that as long as it tastes like Pinot Noir right if a, if a Pinot Noir tastes like Zinfandel or Petit Syrah or something else that's a problem because that's so it has it has to have classic varietal flavors you know what I mean yeah and that only comes from because from practice and you know so many wines made out there are made in such a commercial industrial way that they don't care what it tastes like so and that kind of goes back to the terroir part right where it's like people are making certain wines and they're not really expressing the terroir from where from where it's from yeah exactly so they're not you know they're not making wine true to the place they're making wine what's in the head i'm at the point where i can get the grape but then i wouldn't necessarily be able to to get the 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 region unless it was kind of classic like new zealand sauvignon blanc for example or something like that yeah yeah no it's uh practice thousands and thousands of wine it's uh, tens of years to that's figure it. It out. lots of practice and lots of tasting good wine yep true well that's you've you've always had practice through the years yeah i just you know you gotta i mean i don't practice blind tasting that, that often anymore but i think about it are you going to be featured in psalm 3 as well or yeah 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 I've been I've been trying to get Jason on. He's he's basically said to me once he has a release date, then then uh, I should be able to get him uh, on. But yeah, he's he's busy. Yeah, he's busy right now editing and whatnot. Yeah, I got I got to check with him. He wanted some of my uh, pictures when I was a kid. So <laughs> that's funny. I, he, know, I wonder what he's what he's doing with it. Well, he seems to have. Endless hours of film. Uh, every time you look, every time you look, it's like on his Instagram or whatever. He seems to have just he's filming again, and it's like you must have thousands of hours of stuff to edit right now. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. It'd be it'd be interesting to see where he takes the the Psalm series. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, this one's gonna be fun. Hey, I appreciate I appreciate the time, and uh, I don't want to I don't want to take up too much of your time there. Cool. Thank you so much. It's funny after editing that uh, piece with uh, Rajpar and just kind of listening to our conversation, it's it's a bit unfortunate that he was uh, on his uh, in his car and we weren't able to be face to face even over Skype. Uh, I think it would be a lot more fun with uh, with him if we we're sitting having a glass of wine and being face to face. Some interesting things talking about blind tastings. Only doing classic uh, varietals, so you have a classic, uh, specific taste. And even in his first uh, book, he mentions about if you're trying to learn, it's you're almost doing yourself discredit if you're trying to learn what a classic varietal tastes like and what is the specific parts to it. What you're what you're actually going to get. It's no point. You're doing yourself a disservice by not having that specific. Uh, 
you know tasting points so that's why they only they only have certain areas that they that they uh, lean on for for blind tastings it's funny how modest he is because even as I tried to kind of you know mention all the different things he's doing he's like no I'm just making wine and I'm just kind of hanging out making wine and you know taking a few trips and stuff and and you know if you follow him on Instagram at all you know he just came back from Vienna from the uh, there was a big wine festival over there drinking lots of Riesling and and uh, and Gruner and just having a great time and but it, it's he's so low-key he is he is passing on his knowledge now to people in a lot of different ways and I think this book that's coming out will be a great indication of that but you, you see him going to different things and, and passing on the knowledge that he has. But at the end of the day, a lot of that's just fun for him. And, and at the end of the day, he's just, like he, like he says, he's just a winemaker now. He's got a few a few different wine labels that he runs, and he has a wine club and just enjoying himself. And uh, that's great because he did, he did serve for a long time on the floors, and now he's, he's relaxed. I think we'll leave it there for now. So before I leave you, just wanted to mention again that the secret word for the giveaway is Burgundy. And the email address that you need to send that word to and your information is friends of the vine podcast at gmail.com. Send me a message and you'll be entered in the draw. I am going to also start another small segment in the podcast with uh, tasting notes from different wineries. There's a couple different couple different wineries are are uh, sending me wine, and hopefully I can provide some nice tasting notes so you guys know what to expect uh, when you buy these wines. And the other thing I wanted to mention was I'm going to start running a few different ads. I'm looking for people who are interested in starting as uh, some of the main advertisers for the for the podcast. So if that interests you, again send me an email friends of the vine podcast at gmail.com i will see you soon very very soon i have another two podcasts lined up real quick so it will not be a hiatus like last time take care have a drink for me